Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include profitability versus market share, my interview with Rob Chrisman on the commentary's editorial process and its evolution over the years, and how economic activity leads to higher rates. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, Vizio Lending. Vizio is the nation's premier lender for buy and hold investors with over $2.5 billion closed loans for single-family rental properties, including vacation rentals. Vizio is fast, simple, and dependable when it comes to financing rental properties. They believe time is money and strive to be upfront and consistent about their qualifications. Using a simple DSCR rather than a complicated NOI calculation, there are no tax returns or personal financial statements, and the pricing is set, so you always know your rate. Learn more, including about Vizio's top-notch broker program, at VizioLending.com. The unofficial Chrisman LLC sarcastic slogan is, we do this not because it is easy, but because we thought it would be easy. Hopefully there are no lenders out there with that slogan, as residential lending, done the right way, is not easy. Sometimes residential lending seems discombobulated. Sometimes things settle down and become more orderly. Recombobulated. Not only is our biz not easy, but it's also unpredictable. 2024 is shaping up to be another tough year for mortgage originations due to the market environment, and every basis point will matter. Capacity still needs to be right-sized across the industry, and the market and your competitors will force that to happen. Would you rather have profitability or market share? If you're losing money, what difference does market share make? If you don't have a HELOC or second program, find one. Even companies like Rhythm Capital, parent of New Res, doing about $4 billion a month, who have done better than expected, are forecasting a dismal Q4 and a challenging 2024. For today's interview, I wanted to welcome back to the show Rob Chrisman to talk about the commentary's editorial process and its evolution over the years. So you were in good old Milwaukee this week and spoke and have been on the road. What, what was the occasion this week? There's a good group in Milwaukee, WMBA. The mood is somewhat upbeat. I think, obviously, there are concerns about interest rates and volume and heading into the autumn and winter. But there's some feeling that the companies and individuals that are still lending or still providing third-party services have battened down the hatches pretty sufficiently to, you know, weather the next several months. So, like I said, the mood is is cautiously optimistic. Do you feel like you've been to enough MBA conferences at this point you could rank state organizations based on conference venues or scale of the, the parties they throw or intelligence of the members you know it that well no i would say that hosting a conference and putting on a conference is an art form unto itself and you get good at it as the years go on and i think it looks much easier from the outside looking in but having to deal with the 
planning and the venue and the attendees and attracting participants and attracting sponsors and attracting the right speakers and setting up the scheduling. I think, I think the people who are good at it make it look a lot easier than it really is. So I wouldn't want to do it. I think in some aspects, it's like hurting cats. But like I said, I think the people who are good at it make it look pretty easy. You kind of took the words out of my mouth for the next question here, but you you get told a lot that Chrisman LLC should host a conference, especially if you had somebody doing it for you to help you make it look good. What's the pushback against doing it? You'd have to ask yourself why do it and what is the advantage over the plethora of existing webinars and team meetings and in-person conferences, both regional, state, national, and company-specific. You know, what is the advantage of, of at having a whole nother, whole nother one? So I haven't seen that advantage play out to the extent that I'd really take a serious look at doing it myself. Well, let's talk Christmas LLC. The bread and butter is the newsletter. How do you decide what makes the cut for getting in the newsletter as editor-in-chief? Well, I guess that would be one of the things that I like to think that I'm pretty good at. Otherwise, people wouldn't open it up and read it. The, the ads are a standalone entity. The investor news, I think is certainly an attraction because you know people like to know what's going on with different investors and different lenders both on a wholesale and correspondent basis they like to know what's going on with vendors as a whole and so i try to make that information relevant the information that we put in the commentary every day is relevant and i think that i try to put myself in the position of a capital markets person or an originator or an underwriter or a ceo or a regulator and produce factual information i'm not trying to cram opinions down anybody's throat but give them the facts and let them make decisions and so on and you know the the general conditions of the market and what's going on with residential lending generally impacts everybody. It's not like interest rates only impact one company or changes that Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac make only impact one company. They tend to impact a large swath in the industry. And just being able to tap into that and provide useful information that people can read in a somewhat entertaining manner. I think it's uh, I think it's proven successful. But a lot of people would say it's catered towards LOs. You feel like you cater it towards LOs versus capital markets people versus executives? Are there are there different days that suit different people? The commentary originally started off by by catering to loan officers and account executives calling on brokers 
because they're the ones who are asking why are interest rates doing what they're doing? Why are investors doing what they're doing? What is going to impact my business? What are my competitors doing? And so that was the original intent of putting out a daily commentary to help educate the production staff. They also appreciated kind of taking trader talk and technical capital markets, bond market information and, you know, trend, you know, transforming it into something they could actually understand and use and explain to their borrowers or their clients. So I would say that, yeah, the, the original intent is toward the origination side. And as I mentioned, it's, I think it's relevant to what they're trying to do and it helps explain interest rates or it helps them explain the general mortgage lending environment to their clients. And I think it, I think it has struck a nerve over the years. You keep tabs on what competitors are doing or take into account what they're doing to improve your own product? To some extent, to some extent, I think that, that other news sources have changed the way that they do business based on what we do. And so, sure, I'm aware of, of things and I occasionally scan other publications, but I have my hands full you know, keeping up with just the basic news, not necessarily what some other publication might be doing. And so, you know, I'm not going to say we're the, you know, we're the cat's meow. I'm, I'm not going to say that we're all things to all people, but we have a pretty good subscription rate and people enjoy reading it. And as you saw in Philadelphia, people generally like the commentary and, and aren't afraid to tell us that. So, and that's nice to hear. And finally, how do you keep yourself from being spread too thin or blasted over the airwaves too much? That's a good question. (laughs) I think, I think that's a fear that I have. I don't want to be spread too thin. There's only so many things that somebody can talk about both in a live venue and in a webinar slash zoom call venue. And you want to make things relevant and new and interesting. You don't want to, rehash the same old tired discussions about inventory and about interest rates and so forth. And that's one of the things that I like when I go to in-person conferences that allows me a chance to sit down with somebody and talk to them about exactly what they're seeing. And I think that that helps make the commentary relevant when I'm able to say, oh, you know, I was, I was here and I was talking to the head of underwriting for a large well-known bank and yada, yada, yada. And I think that that making it relevant like that is one of the keys to our success. Where can we find you next? I, I, you've shared with me offline, you're flying from Milwaukee to Reno, but you're going through Dallas. It's an interesting flight path. I'm going to take some time off from travel. and then. For the end of next week, I go to Missoula, Montana for the 
Montana Mortgage Lenders Association. Oh, wow. wow. Sounds like plenty of time off from travel. I'm happy with taking a week off. Missoula, Montana. That sounds fun. I think it will be. I think the folks up there are good and they're anxious to learn and they're friendly. And yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right. Safe travels. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Economic activity usually means higher rates, but rates are already high. And the bond market is doing the Federal Reserve's rate-setting work for it. U.S. economic growth accelerated in the third quarter to a 4.9% seasonally adjusted annualized pace, signaling the economy remains resilient in the face of higher rates and still elevated prices. That's not necessarily good news for the Fed, as the central bank pumps the brakes on interest rate hikes in the wake of rising long-term bond yields and geopolitical turmoil. Mm -hmm. While persistent strength in demand could put the inflation descent in jeopardy, the report doesn't change much for policymakers and the FOMC is still expected to leave rates unchanged at next week's meeting, while reinforcing the case for restrictive monetary policy near term. The overall gross domestic product, or GDP figure, was powered by strong consumer spending, which rose 4%, strong government spending, and a sizable build in inventories, which bumped up the investment portion. It should also be acknowledged that the core personal consumption expenditure price index was up 2.4% in the third quarter, slowing significantly from 3.7% in Q2 and 4.9% in Q1. Across the pond, the European Central Bank refrained from raising rates for the first time in 10 months, noting that underlying inflation has eased and is expected to continue decelerating, but ECB President Lagarde refused to say that the peak rate has been reached adding that it would be premature to discuss rate cuts. Fed favorite PCE for September kicked off today's calendar, and normally I'd give it to you, but I'm about to board a flight from Des Moines, Iowa, to Newark, New Jersey. Just kidding. Here we are in the airport, and we learned that it came up 0.4%. Wow, lucky you. Lucky me. Lucky us. <laughs> I can tell you that the core personal consumption expenditure price index is expected to increase, 0.3% month-over-month and 3.7% year-over-year, versus a previous increase of 0.1% month-over-month and 3.9% year-over-year. Later this morning brings final October Michigan sentiment, remarks from Fed Vice Chair of Supervision Bar, and more earnings from Wall Street. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. We're approaching Halloween and the weather is turning cold across the nation. People on foot are exposed to the elements. So the other day I picked up a hitchhiker. He seemed like a nice guy. After a few miles, I asked him if he wasn't afraid that I might be a serial killer. He told me the odds of two serial killers being in the same car were extremely small. <laughs> Thanks again to today's podcast sponsor, Vizio Lending and its top-notch broker program. Vizio is the nation's premier lender for buy-and-hold investors, with over $2.5 billion closed loans for single-family rental properties, including vacation rentals. Learn more at VizioLending.com. If you have any questions about the podcast or sponsoring opportunities, send me an email at Robbie at RobChrisman.com. Visit RobChrisman.com for more information on our industry partners, access to archived commentaries, and how to subscribe to the daily mortgage news and commentary. To listen to or download past episodes of this podcast, 
Search Mortgage News on any platform you get your podcast from.